Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, August 12th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. In this episode, I want to deviate a little bit from not only what I've been doing recently, but probably what I've been doing since the beginning of this podcast. And the reason that I'm doing that is because I was re-listening to a couple of my most recent podcasts, and I heard something in my voice and in my content that didn't sit right with me. What I heard in my voice wasn't anger, but it wasn't aggressiveness. And what I heard in the content was way too political. I say that because while I am not shy about saying what my political affiliations are, meaning I'm a registered independent, I lean toward conservative views, that's not what I ever wanted this podcast to be about. From the very beginning, from the naming of this to think for yourself, and from my frequent reference to how I personally am wired, meaning part lawyer, part psychic, right? Part intuitive, part rational, legal lawyer mind. My goal has always been to, yes, look at the circumstances that are going on around us, look at the realities of the world, look at the challenges we all face, but at the same time, to kick it up in the sense of kick it up a notch spiritually or in, a ter in terms of consciousness, broaden the view so that I helped you in the process of helping myself exist in the world with greater ease. And when I listened to those recent podcasts, only probably the last three or four, what I realized is that something happened to me very subtly and I wasn't realizing it. And it's the same thing that has happened to most of the country. And that is, like technology itself, the politics, the national dialogue of us versus them, the left versus the right, the Republicans versus the Democrat, the Trump supporters versus the Biden supporters, if you will, that dialogue, like technology, is very seductive. It draws you in more and more and more. And when you combine the technology, which, of course, the moment we open our eyes in the morning, if you want to go to your iPhone or your Android, you can catch up on every inch that those topics have moved since you went to sleep the night before. If you want to do that, you find yourself more and more seduced. And it's the word I use because I really believe it is, in a sense, a seduction and in the sense of addiction both. You get seduced there and then you get addicted to stay there, both in the technology, because we see it all the time with social media, or in the political realm. And it happened to me recently, and I didn't realize it until I listened to a few of those episodes. I had strayed both in my tone of voice, but also in the content of my podcast and the purpose that I hope to bring to it, to every single one of those episodes, I had strayed 
What I heard in my own voice was a very narrow focus on, yes, a slightly different take, as I always do, on what we're hearing generally in the news, but I was still very much in that narrow lane of topic. I was still jumping on the bandwagon of the same stories that were generally in the news, and I was bringing my more conservative perspective to them. And I felt that those episodes were seriously lacking in the kind of upliftment and the kind of positivity and in the kind of takeaway that is my true intention around what I do here. And that's the reason that this episode is going to be a little different than anything certainly I've done recently, because I don't want to go down that road. And I want to explain why beyond the explanation I just gave you. I guess I want to give you an example, not not explain why. I want to give you an example of the difference that it makes depending on where we put our thoughts and where we put our consciousness. Yesterday, I was speaking with a friend of mine. This is a very long friendship, and this is someone who is in that creative, intuitive, mystical, metaphysical, psychic world that I talk about being half of my brain, right? The right brain, creative, intuitive side. And I have tremendous respect for this individual because she has the ability, the innate ability to always look at everything kind of from the top of the mountain view. And she often is able to bypass all of the daily nitpicking that we all get so caught up in. She brings a very sort of cosmic or grand view to whatever's happening, either personally or in the world. So I was talking to her and she asked me a question that's very unlike her. She asked me what happened with the FBI raid on the Trump property Mar-a-Lago in Florida. And of course, that's the wheelhouse of my left brain, logical, rational lawyer self. So off I went on an explanation of everything about the law that applies, about the raid itself, about the facts of the raid, about the aftermath. I went on and on probably for a good 10 minutes, almost felt like I didn't take a breath because I'm so at ease doing that. And when I finished, I noticed two things. One, she was silent on the other end of the phone. No, she hadn't hung up. She was just, she was just silent. She was at a loss for words, I later found out. But I noticed something much more important than that. I became suddenly aware when I stopped the rant, when I stopped the 10-minute detailed legal, lawyer-like analysis of the situation, I realized that I was almost trembling inside my body. Not almost, I was. I felt so, and I don't want to call it energized because it's actually the opposite of energized. It's actually drained. I was almost, again, not almost, I was shaking literally inside from the tension that had overtaken my body in getting lost in the left brain, logical, rational, political realm that we all get so caught up in every day and that the media wants us to be caught up in and that I believe the politicians want us caught up in as well. I was uncomfortable. I was shaky. I felt ill at ease. I felt nervous. And yet I had just spoken something that I knew with specificity and I could speak about it with great ease. The speaking was with great ease, but what it was doing to my body was a very different experience. It was dis-ease. 
It was the opposite of ease. A little while later, after I understood why she was silent, she actually said she didn't know what to say when I finished because there was so much to process, but also, and so much to process for her because she's not used to thinking the way I explained everything. She's usually in a much more metaphysical, cosmic state of mind. She said there was so much to process, but also... She was trying to regain her own footing in looking at it from a higher perspective, from trying to find the cosmic or the metaphysical or the the view that would make more sense out of everything we're going through. We stayed on the phone and our conversation shifted shortly thereafter to be much more like the kinds of conversations she and I often have in the metaphysical realm. We kicked it up a notch, so to speak, and we were looking at all of it from a much higher, much grander, much less time-constrained view, more looking at it like a fractal in a hologram or looking at it as only an aspect of a much greater picture so that we backed up and like the astronauts when they go into space and they look back down and they tell us that Earth looks like a dot. And it changes their entire perspective of life and the universe in general. And it's something they never get over, those who have gone into space. It's like that. It's like we back up in our conversation to where the politics and the everyday back and forth and the Democrats versus the Republicans and the us versus them and the left versus right becomes a tiny dot. And it changes the perspective for the good. And I realized at the end of that part of our conversation that I had completely relaxed in my body. In fact, I had physically moved from where I had been speaking to her about initially my explanation of the raid. I had been standing in an area where my kitchen divides from my living room. I had been standing the whole time I was talking to her because as a lawyer, when I'm, when I'm reviewing a case or I'm working something through in my mind, I tend to pace. I'm a pacer. So that's what I was doing when I was sharing the, the information with her about the raid. But when I realized that we had moved beyond that and we had had this beautiful conversation from a higher perspective... I had somehow, not even consciously, left that kitchen living room area, and I had gone out to my patio, and I was sitting outside at a French bistro table that I have, casually with my leg crossed, looking out at the landscape, looking out at nature, and I felt calm and the peace and the almost joy in my body that was such sharp contrast to how I had felt when I was reviewing the news with her. So what I want to talk about for the remainder of this podcast, and I think I know what I'm going to talk about, but when I, when I sort of free associate like I'm doing on today's podcast, I almost never know where it's going. I think I know where it's going. I want to say to you, how do you deal with everything that's going on right now from that withdrawn holographic greater picture perspective? Because I know that just as my body was tensed up and emitting all kinds of chemicals and hormones it didn't need when I was giving her the details of the raid, 
I know that you're having the same experience every day, whether it's the economy or it's the politics or it's the southern border or it's Ukraine or whatever it is in the news, they're all stress-inducing. And there's no way to engage in all of those unknowns and all of those potentially terrifying topics without doing damage to our bodies. And if we're not healthy, we're good for nothing. The rest of it suddenly doesn't matter at all, right? We can, we can engage in all of that stress-inducing stuff until we're sick. And then once we're sick, ironically, we don't care about any of that anymore because the only thing we care about is that we're not well. So how do we get to that well state or how do we even stay in that well state? Well, I want to give you another personal example. And I think it serves as an instruction as to how to get into that state that is more life-supporting, life-enhancing, health-inducing. It has to do with something I've spoken about before, which is attachment disorder. I had cause in my life to deal with someone who has attachment disorder. Without belaboring what that is, attachment disorder causes certain deficits in cognitive development, in emotional development. And depending on the degree of severity in a, in a person, that attachment disorder, let's call it limitations, can be anywhere from mild to extreme. But one of those characteristics of attachment disorder is that when a person lies and gets caught in a lie, they may temporarily, you know, fluster and try to explain, but pretty quickly when it's apparent that they've been caught and that there's no way around it, they give in, they acquiesce, they either say they're sorry or they explain why they did it. Not so with attachment disorder. When someone suffers from attachment disorder, and they are caught in a lie, they double down. They double down. So the more you show them factually, rationally, why what they did or said was a lie, and that they are telling a story that is trying to support the lie, the more you do that, the more they compound their defense of the lie. Attachment disorder people cannot own the responsibility of their deception. And without, again, going too deep, it has something to do with improper conscience development at very early stages in life. For many years, I dealt with someone who had attachment, who has attachment disorder. I spent those years always trying to break through that doubling down. But I came to a point when I realized that no matter how rational, no matter how factual, no matter how logical, no matter how blatant the evidence put before this individual would be, they would not acknowledge what they had said or done. And I had a choice to make once I had that realization. Because somewhere in me was always the belief that I could change the way they perceived the information. That somehow, if I did a good enough job, if I explained it clearly enough, if I brought enough visual or factual material, I could get through to them. Once I realized that that was not the case, the choice I had to make was, was I going to continue to behave that way? Was I going to continue to engage those conversations? knowing there was no win in it, no win in it for me and actually no win in it for them? Or was I going to accept the fact 
that no amount of reason could reach this individual and that I had to walk away and allow that person to live with their deception. And if I made the decision of the, if I made the latter decision to walk away and let them live with that deception, their own deception, then where did that leave me? And what I almost immediately experienced was it left me with the freedom in my own life to pursue joy, to pursue happiness instead of the conflict and the stress that resulted from the conflict and the endless feeling of failure that I had not been able to break through. It changed something in my life that's very huge. And it allowed me, as I said, to move in another direction. It freed up both time and space and intention around what I wanted to do with that time and space. And I filled it with joy instead. I filled it with things that, that supported my highest good. It freed up an awful lot. Why do I share this story with you? I share it with you because if you want to stay healthy through all of the chaos that's around us now, then you need to disengage from expecting or trying to influence people who see a completely 180 degree different picture of the world and of the circumstances than you do. You have to stop thinking that they will see your side. You have to stop thinking that they will behave differently. And I say that because there are, in my estimation, a multitude of facts and evidence and reason and rationality that have emerged that point to the lies. But the people who are perpetuating them double down, just like the attachment disorder individual. They double down. The more you show them what it is you know they've done, the more they double down. The only way to deal with this now is to disengage from that, to turn your gaze, your time, your energy somewhere else in your own life, in your own family, in your own community, in your own state, in your own nation. Turn your vision, your energy, and your time somewhere else and use it to enhance your own life. I can assure you that while it may or may not ultimately ever affect the other party, it will exponentially elevate your own life. And in doing that, you really influence the only thing you have power over anyway in this world, which is how you live your life and the choices you make that define the quality of life that you have. I'd like to believe that when I re-listen to this episode, I'll hear Carol, the Carol that really is me, that really is here to help you and myself in the process, because as we know, we teach what we need to learn. Thanks so much for listening. Have a joy-filled weekend. And while you're doing it, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, 
it's time to think for yourself.